Welcome to Wood Talk for woodworkers by woodworkers. Now here are three guys who are actually under the illusion that woodworking is cool. Mark, Matt, and Shannon. All right, it's Wood Talk number 321 for August 22nd, 2016. On today's show, we're talking about disposing of sawdust, using PT lumber, and how much to let panels float. But before we get to all that, let's thank some very generous people. Um, Now, the first one is a father who... I guess doesn't want his name mentioned, but wants us to say happy birthday to Talitha. Happy you... birthday, Talitha. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Yeah. Go ahead. Keep going. Happy we... birthday to you. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. I'm just like, happy I'm like the backup. Happy birthday, dear Talitha. My dog is going absolutely nuts right <laughs> now. Like, Woo. Yay, daddy. Get out of my lap. Go. That's awesome. Well, happy birthday, Talitha. Hopefully we're pronouncing that correctly. Uh, Hope you have a good one, and uh, your dad's a cool dude, apparently. Um, Also, thank you to Andrew Thysing, Jeff Zillman, James Lemon, and then we've got a bunch of Patreon people to thank. We'll do that at the end of the show because there are 50 of them. Wow. So that's going to take a while. Yeah, so uh, we did put out a file very briefly over the weekend talking about Patreon so we wouldn't have to spend a whole bunch of time trying to sell you on the idea here on the show. But if you want to learn more, you can go to patreon.com slash woodtalk, and that is a great way to support us. And from the popularity of it so far, even before mentioning it on the, the show proper, it shows me that uh, there's a reason why this works. And I think it's super convenient. You get lots of cool little bonuses and things when you take part in it. So please go there, check it out. If you want to support us, it's a great way to help out and get a few things in return. Uh, access to some cool stuff coming up in the future. But I think the thing I'm most excited about, guys, is the extra content. The the ability to set a goal, and if we hit that goal, we'll be able to produce more content for people to enjoy. Um, so first of all, we've got one coming up for live broadcasts. A lot of people loved it when we would broadcast live. That means every Monday we'll be able to go live. You could chat along with the show and listen, and I think that'll be pretty cool. So if we hit the $400 goal, and we are very, very close to that, we will start to do live shows every week. After that, the next goal is guests. That means uh, once a month we will have a guest on the show to guest host with us. Um, That's been something people have been requesting for a very long time. Uh, We also want to bring back the weekend show. That's a little bit later on down the line in our goals. And then finally, we want to cut out all non-woodworking ads. Um, Now, we can't cut out ads completely, but we understand. And uh, we we don't like non-woodworking ads any more than anyone else. Did I say that properly? Maybe not. I may have, I may have mixed up my, we don't, we don't not like, maybe it was a double negative there, but but look at it this way. Most of the time our woodworking related ads also come with a discount coupon. Yep. So who doesn't want a discount coupon? Yeah. And and when it comes to the woodworking stuff, you could lose your discount off of Brusso or yeah, it's the only one I can think of right now. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and and I think it's cool that the whole thing, when it's a woodworking company, a lot of times these are also small companies um, who could use that sort of help. And it's nice that they've got a place where, you know, for a fairly low, inexpensive fee, they can get an ad out there and get to the audience that uh, is best, you know, sort of served by hearing this stuff. So, um, so yeah, we'll, 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 we'll talk more about all that stuff in the future as we hit those goals. But anyway, patreon.com slash wood talk. We really appreciate your support from the bottom yeah, of our we hearts. Do that live show. You can see that we actually don't wear pants. That's true. Well, <laughs> I just put some on cause I thought we were going to go live. Yeah. So. We had to test yeah. it. The test didn't go so well, but, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get everything worked out. <laughs> all right. So quick announcement. Uh, woodworking in America is coming up very soon and we've oh been boy. trying to, to, right? I know. And we've been trying to figure out what we wanted to do about a meetup. 
And because there are other meetups going on, it seems like there becomes like a competition for meetups and you're making people choose where they want to go. And that doesn't sound appealing to me. So we are piggybacking along with our friends over at, um, uh, what do you call it? Modern Woodworkers Association. So there is a Wood Talk MWA WIA meetup. Wait, wait, it should be WTWIA MWA meetup. Maybe not in that order. Well, <laughs> let, let, let's credit where credit's due. Diami's organized the whole thing. Yes. So we'll call it the MWA WTWIA. That is the proper yeah, order. Let, we are piggybacking. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, thank you for doing this, Diami. So here's the, the details as far as we know them. Uh, September 15th, that's going to be a Thursday evening starting at five. And I think it's, uh, Diami said from five to eight because after eight they have bingo. <laughs> something right <laughs> yes okay yeah. uh, well and i i highly encourage you to stay for bingo that's what my grandma would say i think um, it was trivia night but oh trivia night. yeah okay right. it's not yeah. bingo I was it wasn't ho- karaoke night otherwise i i'm there i think i was just hoping that it would be bingo but apparently <laughs> not so uh yeah so that's going to be uh tons of fun and what's the place called more moraline logger house Moreline Lager House. Moreline. Okay, so if you want to look it up, just if you want to find out about the venue, it's M-O-E-R-L-E-I-N Lagerhouse.com. I'm not going to spell that out. You should know how to spell lager, people. Visit the show notes, and there'll be a link there. That's right. Yeah. Too true. All right, so that's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I can't wait to do that. Shake some hands, kiss some babies, all that stuff. It's always cool people. Oh, I'm bringing my baby. You better be kissing on it. Oh, you may not want that. It's, you know, pub- <laughs> I, but I'm not going to kiss any babies I like because there's germs <laughs> spreading and kids are going to get sick. It's going to be a mess. If I don't like your baby, I'll give, give him or her a little kiss. That's a joke. All babies are awesome. We will, however, sign your baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sharpie on your baby. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. It'll wash off in a couple months. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. So what's on the bench? I'll go first. Um, well, you know what? I didn't get a whole lot done today, uh, partly because Shannon said, let's start early and then showed up five minutes before the show starts. So there's that. Uh, but I actually had house showings uh, all That's day. Early. It's still early. It was technically a few minutes early, but not the original like hour early that we were promised. Um, but anyway, um, <laughs> I've been trying to work on these little small decorative jewelry boxes and uh, got started early this morning. Everything was going great. There's sawdust flying. My hair is blowing in the wind. And, I'm, you know, it's like a, a movie scene. It's going great. <laughs> and then I get the text from Nicole that says, oh, we have a showing in an hour. Um, so we are trying to sell the house. So, uh, that one showing turned into two showings and that's great, you know, cause I want to sell the house, but I'm in the, I was like in the zone and I had to just stop and go sit on my butt somewhere and wait for these showings that happen. What a pain in the back end. So, so there's that. I didn't get a whole lot done. I've got a couple pieces milled. They're not even completely milled to, to size and haven't done anything of like the fun stuff on them yet, but I'm going to be making one, two, three, three of these. And, and part of the thing I really like about this, the design I made like 10 years ago when I originally built them is very square. It's got a nice flat lid on it. Well, I've decided to do kind of a curved lid. It's got, it looks like a Cooper lid, but it's just a solid piece and it's so small. You can just make it out of solid stock and hand plane it down to um, the right size, uh, but it's going to have this curvature to it. And I think it's going to look like a little mini treasure chest of, of sorts. Um, so I'm kind of excited about that and definitely a good scrap project, like just for all those little exotic scraps that you have sitting around. It's a perfect project for that. So that'll be coming out pretty soon. A uh, video will be on the free site for that one. Nice. Yeah. Matt, what's going on with awesome. you? Well, a little bit of a late announcement, I guess, but I'm going to be at the international woodworking fair this week on Friday and Saturday. Nice. Cause 
That's cool, right? That's in Atlanta. I've never been to one of these deals. It's actually, it's going to be hot because it's in Atlanta. Hot Atlanta. That's right. Hot Atlanta. That's what they say. It should be good. Why are you going there? I'm going there because I recently picked up a sponsorship from Triton Tools, and they're flying me out there to meet their team. Sell out. Yeah. <laughs> so you had that one queued up. Just ready to go. I was just holding that S. Holding that it's S. Good waiting to, for it's good to hear it. I've only read it from you, so it's good to actually you know, feel your voice behind it. Yeah. A series of it. emails and texts all week. You sell out. Yeah, what a sell out. Oh, look at this guy over here. And I've just been responding. How do I sell out? Yeah. When, when can sell I sell out? out? It's hard for a hand tool guy to sell out. Can you guys give me some tips? <laughs> <laughs> great, great. Well, good stuff, man. And who, who's the, you want to talk about the company a little bit? Who uh, your sponsor is? Not too yeah, much. So let's try it. They don't sponsor Triton this Tools. show. They don't sponsor this show. Not yet. Right. Not yet. Not yet. So Triton Tools, they make all kinds of little handheld power tools and some, I guess, benchtop tools. So uh, as part of the sponsorship deal, they sent me their entire product line. So I have, Jeez. you know, everything that they make. So drills, sanders, handheld planers, um, their little track saw. I'm looking forward to trying that one the most, seeing what it's like compared to the Fest tool. Yeah. Um, they sent me their little table that the um, it's got like all the different like inserts. So like it's a like it's like an MFT that you can drop a table saw into a router table into and like a little project saw into. So I'm really looking forward to that because my shop is small. So now I have like a portable saw that I can put in the driveway in case I want to run some long molding again. Hmm. I can just do it right in the driveway. Nice. <laughs> Nice. So I'm when you really get a, a whole that. when you get a whole product line like this in in one fell swoop, what happens with the old stuff now? Um, anything that's a duplicate, I'm going to be selling or getting rid of just because I don't I don't need two track saws, I don't need two spindle sanders, I don't need eighteen drills or how many drills I had before. So I'm going to be in, I already got rid of the track saw and the spindle sander, and I'll probably get rid of the drills, and that'll be pretty much it for the overlap at this point. Gotcha. Nice. That's, that's pretty cool, man. Well, congratulations. Now, where where are they based? Where is Triton from? Is Australia? That's They're in England now. Okay. I couldn't remember if I was making up with Carbatech or not, but I just remember um, you guys, you know, uh, Stuart Lee's Stu Shed. Yeah. That's where I like first heard of Triton Tools. So I was a little like, shocked when i heard this from from matt although i guess they're they're making a push in north america i don't know but they are they're they're trying to get into the north american market so they're part of the rollout is you know advertising so last year that they started off with um april wilkerson so she's been using their tools for a little over a year now and they've been looking to expand that mm-hmm. for me specifically they went after me because i do a little more advanced level stuff so that kind of fills that gap for them and i think and, the, uh, if i wasn't mistaken matt darista didn't I, yep. I think he got a bunch of tools too he did so. They're they're calling us the brand inva- brand ambassadors. So there's the, those three of us, and then they have a few international ones as well. Brand sellouts mm. is more like it. Brand sellouts. <laughs> 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 uh, In case great. anybody doesn't know, uh, if you don't, don't follow us, come from you. Yeah, if you don't follow us on social media and see the things that I generally complain about, I all, always complain about this whole concept of selling out, and that people in our position, when they get accused of selling out, it's just the the most hilarious thing to me. And I've been getting a lot of it lately because of the, the Honda deal. So it was uh, it was Matt's turn to get you know a little kick in the butt, which, which I think <laughs> funny considering you sold out like first. I was I was on the original sellout. <laughs> is what it comes down to. Like you're you're now getting flack about selling out. Come I put, on. Yeah, I put my hands out, out since like 06. Yeah, I put my hands out in 2006. I'm like anybody? Any okay, come on. <laughs> let's go. Let's do this. Um, 
my favorite part is about that, like the sellout thing, is that no one complains when you sell it every day and go to a desk job or right. whatever job. Yeah. But you're, that's the same thing. Yeah, you're doing you a job. A living. Doing a job for money. going to pay you for your time or for your effort or for your skill or whatever. Exactly. You're not doing it for free. Yep. I and don't know. Every time I see a commercial for like car insurance or, you know, so, something ridiculous that you see some some superstar Hollywood person uh, as the spokesperson, and it's like, you know, do they really have that insurance? Do they care about that insurance? What a sellout. You know, like people don't call them salad. No, it's a person doing what they do for a living and trying to make money, uh, you know, promoting a product. But anyway, and this is, I don't know, this is even better because it's not like you're not going to use that product. You actually are going to use it. You're going to give your opinion on it. Um, you know, I don't know. Let's not, let's not go down that path. Oh, even well, that's, that's, that's the other thing I like about this deal too, is that the way that it's been structured is they're not making me force people to like look at these tools all the time. They don't want me to cramming these things down people's throats. It's literally like, here's the tools they're at your disposal. If they work for the job you're doing, yeah. use them. If it doesn't make sense to use the tool for the job, use a different tool. If you prefer a different tool, use that tool. Right. You know, it's, it's really it's, a nice so way to go about you're, it. You're saying this is a company that actually gets content marketing? No. Oh, it's amazing. I, I'm sorry. I can't understand that. That doesn't compute with me. There's a that couple. That was the biggest reason that really pushed me into it is because like they approached it so like it was it was refreshing is the best word for it. Yeah. Wow. That's good, man. Good for them. That's great. Good, good for, for them. For you. Good for you. Good for everybody. We're all winners. That's right. Yeah. I'll be happier if they choose to sponsor Wood Talk. That's true. Get on it, Triton. <laughs> Our hands are out again. We're we're totally ready to sell out with you. Oh man! <laughs> you, you could totally get a different perspective from Mark and a totally useless perspective from me. That's true. We do we do add quite a bit to it. Well, so you can do a comparison of like handheld scrub plane versus electric hand planer. What do you think? Uh, can you imagine the sellout comments I would get if yes. I pulled out a Triton powered hand? Well, plane? now it's your turn. Oh, that's great! <laughs> Actually, I'm looking forward to trying. They sent me the big like six inch wide one, and it's just ridiculous. That's crazy, man! What are you going to do with that? I'm going to play in a beam, I guess. Okay. I, I mean, what else is going to do with that? It's going to go well with my beam saw. That's awesome. A beam plane. Cool. All right. What else you got here? <laughs> Moving on. So this last week, I finished up welding up my sawmill track frame. That came out perfect, like dead on flat. Perfect. Nice. So everything else should go a lot more smoothly because of that. The carriage will ride nice and flat and the logs will be nice and you know, the cans will be on that some flat, so the board flat. So it should give a start to the board's life as a flat thing. Cool. <laughs> of course, of course, drying kind of puts a whole nother skew onto things, but you know, you give it the best chance from the start. If you can stack it flat, it should dry flat. <laughs> you hope, anyway. Yeah, sure. Flat-ish, you know? Flat-ish. That's all you can ask for at that stage. (laughs) The 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 funny thing about this whole project is, like, I came at it at, like, such a a level of accuracy. And then, like, last week, I'm like, it's just roughs on lumber. It's roughs on. Come on. Yeah. It's it's roughs on. How flat does it need to be? Exactly. (laughs) Well, you know what? But you aim for that. I mean, that's how it is even at that level, you know, aim for it to be flat because then at least it's one variable that's significantly right. reduced in the whole right. thing. It's another variable. So when you come out with a crooked board, <laughs> at least you can't go, yeah. well, maybe it's the whole saw itself. Yeah, you know? It exactly. could be a blade issue or maybe you fell asleep at the wheel while you were pushing it through. Right. Yeah. But so far, it's been a really interesting build and I think people are really excited about it and interested. And I've been getting a lot of feedback about it. I've been posting videos about it pretty frequently because I've been doing it like in a different style, which is a whole 
another like inside baseball thing we could talk about is like production style. The way I'm doing this is like five times faster to produce than my normal content, which mm-hmm. feels so good at the end of the day because I can knock out a video in an afternoon. Hmm. Like editing, posting, and everything. Right. That's pretty good. Today, before this. Wow. Before our early start today? Yeah, before the early start. Okay. I was uh, editing a video. (laughs) I already got it uploaded. Nice. If we'd started super early, you wouldn't have had time to do that. That's true. I would have done it afterwards, I guess. Great point. See? So there you go. Cool. You're Mm. welcome. Yeah. Thanks. (laughs) Everybody who enjoys that video, you're welcome. Because otherwise, it would have been late. Oh, thanks to Shannon. Hopefully yeah. someone will. Because I was I was at my sellout job. <laughs> That's true. Busy selling out. <laughs> selling lumber, selling out. Oh, man. <laughs> and the other thing I got on this week is I finally got a start on the finish to the base of the farmhouse table. It's been like, I don't I don't know if I recommend building something outside ever. Because <laughs> it's huh. you're like, unless you live in a climate where like it never rains for at least two weeks straight. Because I've been fighting with fighting with the weather with this whole project for like the last month trying to get the finish applied to this mm-hmm. thing. Because I look at the forecast. If it's going to rain like within a day, I can't put a coat of finish on it because it won't be cured in time. <laughs> and then if it like with the base, I, I assembled it outside and then it ended up raining like the next day. So some of the base got wet without finish on it. So I have to wait for the, the whole base to dry again before I can then start finishing. And it's like this endless like loop of oh, it's raining, then it's not, then it's raining, then it's not. And then, like, tarps only do so much, and you get some splash back, and then off the ground, it gets wet, and you go wait for it to dry, and it's just, like, it's constant, like, drying cycle. You got to wait for the weather to, like, allow you to apply a coat of finish. Mm-hmm. But it is it is coming along, though, and it hasn't self-destructed from getting wet, so I'm pretty happy about that. In the morning after the rain, I can go out there with a the squeegee and a squeegee off the top, because that one is pretty much done, just waiting for the flattening coat that matt finished to go on mm-hmm. otherwise it's good to go nice is that Ooh. a trademark of matt finish matt finish yeah but i'm nice. leave the e off <laughs> very cool nice that's good to hear i can't wait to see <clears throat> the party you throw when you have that done <laughs> <laughs> just just with the fireplace behind you and that big kind of almost medieval looking table oh I yeah expect, i expect like viking helmets and big like you know, tankards of lager. And, well, yeah, it'll probably be close to Halloween. So I'll probably stop by one of those Halloween stores that pop up everywhere and get some Viking hats and some, uh, accessories for medieval times kind of thing. And we get some well, turkey lace going. I'll tell you, they had some sort of Viking, um, meetup, uh, when I was up in Maine last week, there's a, there's a series of boats that do tours around the local islands. It's called the pink lady and the pink lady too. And the pink lady too, we were driving by and we saw the pink lady too go by. I was like, Oh look, there it is. And he did like a double take because it was these, it was full of Vikings. And they had like the big <laughs> horn helmets and like fur lined coats and in tankards of beer. And they were the most raucous yet like the most entertaining crowd I've ever seen. I was like, they floated by and I was like, I want to be on that boat. That just looks like so much fun. Right now. <laughs> That's exactly what you'd expect from Vikings. A big Viking party. Just one know? big party. Great. Anyway. <laughs> nice. Anyway, well, yeah, I wasn't here last week, so I did not get to experience the virgin viscosity and uh, all, of, it was, all its <laughs> lovely charm. You should have heard the whole time Matt was just, he was talking and it was awesome. <laughs> it, was, it was something else. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> you should have heard it. <laughs> He's talking and everything. He had a voice. What, what happened? Yeah. Now, now you can barely hear him. But anyway, go ahead, Shannon. 
Oh, well. <laughs> well, I um, I quickly discovered that a woodworking project and vacation just don't mix. Um, <laughs> really? The, it's like well, a third time year, doing it. And, and the year before, you know, I was working on that dining table, but that was a commission. That was, I've been paid and I'm being paid to, to put, to, to create this. Mm-hmm. And technically all of the stuff that I build is kind of the same way because if, if I'm not on commission, I'm, you know, creating content, which in a roundabout way I get paid for, right? Sometimes I get paid pennies for it. Sometimes I get paid a dollar for it. But so it kind of all works. But, you know, I mean, when you've got a person that's put down a deposit and is expecting this finished project, it's a little bit different. So this time I was building a workbench, you know, because I, as I talked about it before, there really wasn't one up there. And I'm, you know, filming it and creating um, a, a video, which I think will be hopefully a different spin on the thousands of workbench videos out there, which is difficult to do in and of itself. But, you know, every five minutes there was a distraction. Um, and at first I was getting like, man, I'm never going to get this done. But then I just kind of came to this piece with it. And that's why I, I put in the show notes here. I think I'm growing up. <laughs> it was like, this is, well, this is the thing. I mean, you, you guys both have kids, you know, um, not to get too personal, but you know, it's something that Heather and I have tried and it just, there's, there's not been success there. And I think we may have resigned ourselves that it's just going to be the two of us now. So we haven't had that forced, grow up period where you suddenly have this little human being that you have to take care of. Oh, so yeah. we, we can still be kind of other than the dog, which he's taken his share amount of time, but you know, there is the decide to just run off and do something, whatever you can't do that. Once you have kids, you have to grow up and you know, everything has to take a back seat to that little human that you're caring for. Um, and that forces you to grow up really quickly. I haven't really had that. So I've always been able to just kind of, well, I'm going to go work on the shop. I'm on vacation. I'm going to go and spend eight hours down in the in the garage working on stuff. Well, this year, everything conspired against that. <laughs> and I was totally cool with it. It was like, yeah, well, we're going to go on a whale watch. Okay, that's cool. We had a couple of friends come up in the first weekend we were there. And it was basically just playing host and entertaining them and you know, as much as they were like, oh, do what you got to do. You know, it's like, no, no, let's just sit here on the deck and stare at the lighthouse for two hours while we talk, you know, and <laughs> all the stuff that <clears throat> would have in a, in a previous me, you know, when, especially when you first get started in woodworking and it's like you eat, sleep and drink woodworking, you know, you cannot be dissuaded from the passion that is woodworking <laughs> every waking moment. Oh, I remember and, that. Well, and it's, it's not that like I care less about woodworking or I'm less passionate about woodworking. It's just there are other things in life, you know, it was a very mature moment for me. <laughs> wow. How <laughs> dare you, sir? You're on the wrong show. I know, to say right. And, and, and I don't, I don't feel ashamed or about <laughs> that. It's just like, Hey, you know, I was up there on vacation. There was time, great time with my wife, great time with my in-laws, you know, just, and it was really good. It was a nice time to kind of relax and unwind. But because of that, I think I got a total of six hours of work done <laughs> In the shop, which, you know, interestingly enough, six hours plus all the filming and everything that went into it, I actually got a lot done now that I think about it. I'm probably a good maybe two hours from finishing the thing. Mm-hmm. I just ran out of time. That and the fact that the night before we left, I was like, all right, let's crank this out. So I'm ready to assemble everything and draw bore all the joints. And I realized I left the auger bit. I had all my peg material, three-eighths inch peg material, but no three-eighths inch auger bit. <laughs> Whoops. No three-eighths inch brad point bit. No three-eighths inch twist bit. Nothing. 
And, you know, I quickly run to my father-in-law. What do you, you know, you have some, you have a drill index in the house. And of course he has like one of those micro drill indexes where the largest bit in there is like a 16th of an inch. That's like, all right, what do I do here? And I'm thinking, do I have another auger bit? Like if I had a half inch auger bit, maybe I could, I could whittle the peg down or something. You know, I had a rocking chair, so I was ready to whittle, but <laughs> there's nothing. The closest auger bit I had was three quarters of an inch. I'm thinking I've got two pegs per mortise and tendon joint. So what is that? Four, eight, 16 pegs. I'm not going to drill 16 three quarter inch holes and whittle 16 three quarter inch pegs. Not only that, I didn't have three quarter inch peg stock. Um, so I would have to go and like take a rough board <laughs> and turn it into a peg. And I'm like, you know, I know how to do that. I could do that. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> that and the fact that the entire build was meant to be very much like you can go to Home Depot or Lowe's and pick up everything you need for it. So suddenly making your own pegs and whittling your own pegs, while it's not difficult, it changes the feel of the whole build. You know, instead of going over to Home Depot and buying a three eighths inch dowel, <laughs> cutting it to length and driving it into the draw bore. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I was just like, this is this is a sign from above telling me to just let it go and enjoy my vacation. And I was good with that. There's <laughs> so, nothing wrong with that, dude. That's fine. Yeah. Well, but see that like last year, I would have been like, oh, my God, I, I can't do this. I've got to, you know, burn the mineral oil, be in there four o'clock in the morning, getting this thing done. This year, I was just cool with it. So. I had a growing moment. That's good. nice. It's nice to hear you're maturing. Yeah. But you know, the downside to all this is the, like the, the whole reason I'm building is, is for a new semester at the hand tool school. I'm calling it my prequel semester. I'm, I'm going back before semester one and doing semester 0.5 and making a very, very simple setup. And the whole idea is to build that workbench and then build the subsequent projects and film all the lessons on that workbench in that shop. Mm-hmm. So I'm now 580 miles away from that shop and that unfinished workbench (laughs) and may not be able to get back up there again until next summer. So it does mean that the whole thing's got to go on the back burner for a while, which is, that's not good. Yeah. Well, Well, considering the situation, it is what it is. It is what it is. It is what it am. Cool. All right. Well, (laughs) let's move into, uh, into what's new here. Got a couple things to share with you guys. Stuff that uh, looks like mostly things that you guys sent in. First one here is from Lee. He says, this guy made a quasi-functional table saw blade from paper. And this is from, uh, I build it, uh, John Heiss. Is that how you pronounce that dude's name? Heiss? He, Heiss? It's actually one of the coolest things I've seen in a while. Um, he cuts a circle and cuts a little arbor hole in the middle and a piece of paper, throws that piece of paper into his table saw, and you would be absolutely amazed is a great like Facebook shareable video and hence the near 3 million views that it's had in a couple days. <laughs> Wait, it hasn't even been a couple days. It's been a day, almost 3 million views. So yeah, definitely good viral video. Uh, but he cuts paper with this paper blade. He cuts um, some thin wood stock and you can see it as he gets a little bit thicker, eventually it gets caught up. But who would think that a piece of paper could do that? It's absolutely amazing. And all, all I keep thinking is my gosh, the paper cut you could get from that thing. <laughs> <laughs> would be so painful. I really wish John would like run like a piece of chicken through it or something. Yeah. Or <laughs> like show like a paper cut. The hot dog test would be fantastic. There you go. That. Oh yeah. There you, you go. Should total, that, that's his next video. So yeah, you got You got to see it. It's really, really cool. It's a lot of fun. Obviously, you know, no practical purpose, but who cares? It's awesome. So uh, we'll, we'll put that in the show notes for you. I don't know if you got to cut some thin veneer and you don't want any waste, you know, it is there thin you curf, you know, it's got that going for it. It is paper thin. <laughs> That's true. Paper Literally. thin blade, baby. 
Nice. Um, well, Brian sent us this. Uh, we talked about air quality monitors a while ago. He says, check this out. It's a smart home air quality monitor. And it is just that. It's a great, actually very sexy looking thing. Comes with like a wood frame and everything. It looks yeah, really cool. It is nice. But this is one of those things I'm actually thinking about one of these just because I, I honestly don't know. And ever since, Mark, you started talking about that and like yeah. monitoring the air quality in your shop and like what it was like in the house and like you opened a window what a huge difference that made. Yeah, it was I think just crazy. the awareness of having one of these things would be nice to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'd be a little appalled at first. Um, but it is interesting. This uh, site, get aware, um, aware, A-I-R. A-I-R. Um, I, I checked out their blog a little bit this afternoon, and they've actually got some good tips in there for in, improving your um, air quality. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, oh my God, I put this on the wall and now I can see how bad my air quality is. Now what do I do? You know, they, they give you good <laughs> tips on how to make it better. And so, cause this doesn't clean the air. It just monitors it. Are you scared yet? <laughs> yeah, right. Right. And if you're not go to uh, what is it? Um, Clearview, Bill Pence, go to Bill Pence's website That's right, and, yeah. and you will be scared. Yep. Oh. Yeah. And I love the smart home aspect of this, like anything that integrates with other things. I mean, it's kind of a weird, yeah. It's a difficult environment now because everything integrates, but nothing integrates. Like there, there's apps for something, but getting that to talk to the other thing, it, it's, it's very tricky. But the idea of having something monitoring, but then maybe having the ability to connect it to something that triggers an event. So, uh, you right. know, the air quality gets to a certain point and your filter turns on, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of idea I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Very like cool. That. We should do that. We, sh- we should, or they should. <laughs> <laughs> let's not I'm doing anything let's not take that, that, that off that'll be a patreon milestone oh there you, there go. you go when we create an automated <laughs> whole house <situation>. five thousand dollars <laughs> no, that way that's not enough <laughs> yeah i was gonna say we're gonna put you in charge of that well, we gotta hire a developer is it never gonna we're not gonna get anywhere for that much money <laughs> mm. oh man all right this text was from paul this is a wooden puzzle book very cool all caps so if you take a look at this thing it's it's like a storybook, but you got to solve all these puzzles just to get to different pages, and it's just ridiculous. It's all made out of wood, and there's like parts, and you got to solve them. And I don't know. I can't even describe it. Just go take a look at it. It's yeah. cool. I mean, very cool. The brain that produces this is to be admired. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's up there. I love the fact that you can't proceed in the book unless you solve the puzzle. I mean, that sounds like a video game. It's pretty awesome. This thing is just looks cool. Like mm-hmm. That would look cool sitting on my shelf. Yeah, something, something good to have in your coffee codes. table. Can you Google cheat codes? For the cheat codes. Yes. <laughs> Can I see the walkthrough for that, please? Right. <laughs> oh, good stuff. All right. Jeremy sent us another uh, link here. He says, I recently heard about a new makerspace woodshop here in Colorado, Front Range. Thought it might be uh, useful for other Colorado folks and something Mark might be interested in in the near future. And uh, it just looks like a good makerspace. It's switchbackdesigns.us. And uh, go check it out if you're in the area. It looks like they're a little west of uh, Denver. And who knows, maybe when I'm there, if and when I get there, I will check it out. Nice. Yeah, it's cool. Love those makerspaces. I, I just found out we had a makerspace. I didn't know that. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's actually in the school where my wife teaches, which is even worse that I didn't know that. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, these things are great. I mean, the way they allow you to sort of rent time or you can get like uh, at least this particular one, you can get a punch card. So each time you come in, you get it punched. Um, it's just great for people who just don't have the space, but want to get going with something. Uh, it's a very cool idea. All right. Nice. Moving to our kickback. 
And uh, first one here is actually a kickback from Brian, and it is a voicemail kickback, but I need to be able to find it. Where'd you go? There it is. Uh, some kickback for you uh, on a couple things that I heard on the last show. Um, the guy with the uh, argon in the um, uh, finished cans, it sounds like a good idea, but I've been using the stop-loss bags for quite a while now, and they seem to make a really big difference. Uh, I've had good luck with them. The other thing, uh, for the guy trying to build the light torsion box, um, the deflection of a torsion box actually varies with the cube of the height of the inner webs. So uh, to give you an example, if you had a one-inch thick board that was 10 feet long and you put a weight on it, uh, if that weight made the board deflect down an inch, if you doubled the thickness of that board, a deflection would be reduced to an eighth of an inch. So it makes a, a really big difference uh, on the height of the webs. Top and bottom skins make a, a much smaller difference. Uh, so based on this, you can save a lot of weight by using like a quarter inch plywood for the top and bottom and making the uh, the inner webs uh, taller, essentially. So I uh, hope that helps. And uh, thanks a lot for the uh, great content. Bye. Very cool. That's an awesome tip. And even think about that. Didn't really know that necessarily that the skins on the outside have less, much less of an impact than, you know, so what ultimately becomes the thickness of your, your torsion box when it's all said and done. So top to bottom. The the impact of not being able to punch through your table. If you hit it really hard or something, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What fun is that? (laughs) Ah, that's true. You know, everybody likes to have one of those Hulk out. Really pointy on your table and goes right through. (laughs) Right. Whoopsie. (laughs) Or if you get West really White. angry, you get really angry, you can punch your fist right through it. As long as you don't hit one of the web pieces, you're... you're <laughs> oh, my God. That could hurt. Uh, all right. Next one here is not a voicemail one, but it's uh, from Rom. He says, in regard to table saw safety, yes, please. As a woodworker who just started within the last year, I welcome safety advice and suggestions for improved technique. I have a huge gash in my push stick from where it once slipped into the table saw blade. The sound and kickback from it scared me, and I had to check for all my fingers while my heart raced. I was unscathed, but was definitely scared from the incident. So yes, please do a table saw safety segment. Thanks, Rob. Uh, well, we'll keep that in mind. You know, it's something that I've uh, had a lot of people say, yes, this sounds like a good idea when I pose the question, should I do you know, a video on it? Um, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see about that. All right. Well, here's somebody else. Donald says the biggest thing that scares me about some people's approach to table saws is they think they should do everything on the table saw. Now the table saw is incredibly versatile and it may be possible to do everything at the table saw, but the table saw is rarely the safest tool for the job. Why rip that gnarly twisted rough Oak on the table saw when you can use the bandsaw? Why do a drop cut when a jigsaw works? I always ask myself if there's a safer way to accomplish the same task before I touch the table saw. Good advice, Donald. And I, I why why would you rip that rough oak on the table saw? That's a no no. That sounds Bad. scary. Uh, probably because they don't know any better. Yeah, maybe I mean, if I, somebody I, were to do a video on table saw safety. Oh well, you know Matt will get around to it eventually. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the guy without a riving knife. I don't think I should do that one. I'm the guy that's without right. a table saw. Yeah, that's so. true. Yeah, you're both out. Okay, I guess it's got to be me. Darn it. Wonderful. Actually, I think I should do a table saw safety video. That would I'll pantomime the whole thing. It'll be awesome. I'll, be I'll like dress up in mime, white face and everything. Good job. That'd be great. As long as it's not blackface, because that's just not good. I can't believe you even said that. Um, <laughs> Matt, please go. That would be huge. I don't know if I'm going to follow this. Oh, <laughs> Who cares what you say? Just start talking. <laughs> doesn't matter just move God. 
guys always do this to me. Every Friday, I read like a giant paragraph. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> thanks for the show. This is from Andy. Says, it makes my 40-minute commute to work much more bearable. You guys definitely do not suck. Well, thank you. That's what we strive for. <laughs> not suck. Not to suck. <laughs> it seems that a lot of listeners are asking, which tool should I buy next? And this question obviously puts you in a bad spot. The next tool dilemma is based on a lot of variables. And without all the background information, it kind of sets you guys up to sound like jerks, especially when Mark gets overexcited about Domino. Sorry, Mark. <laughs> when was the last time I got overexcited about the Domino? That's what I want to know. Kickback, please, for that one. <laughs> yeah, please let me know. It <laughs> <laughs> okay. says so here in Savannah is a place called... Um, Maven Makers that essentially focuses, sorry, sorry, essentially functions as a woodworking gym. You pay a monthly membership. I think the fee is around seventy dollars a month to have access to high-end tools. Hmm. No, I'm not a member or encouraging anyone to join. I'm just trying to provide alternatives for woodworkers who have limited funds and/or space. Alternatively, you, alternatively, you can't just commit. Wow. Okay. You okay. This is hard to me today. Oh my god. Have my water. eyes are watering from before. Still, I'm, my <laughs> eyes are blurring staring at the screen. Alternatively, you can just commit to your impending divorce, sell your wife's belongings, buy whatever you want, and live out your remaining days covered in sawdust. <laughs> Last, if you believe the market is big enough, this could also be a decent business model <clears throat> if you are a jerk like Mark and have all the cool tools. Andy. Wow. <laughs> What's your beef, man? <laughs> Apparently, Mark sucks more than we do. I do. I do. And I, I agree with Andy. I am a jerk. <laughs> That's Mark Spagnuolo. That's selling me. out since 2006. What are you going to do? Got to make the monies, baby. Jerk face. You know, we skipped voicemail because there is no voicemail this week. Just letting you know that you can call us on Skype if you want to. It's Wood Talk Online uh, is the, the screen name or username. And uh, you can also call us on a phone number, 623-242-5180. And we'll get your voicemail on the show. So let's move into our emails. What do you say, guys? Okay. Pretty good? Yay. All right. Okay. Let's do it. Email. Love email. This one is from Paul. He says, as someone who is fairly new to woodworking and recently set up a primitive dust collection system for my table saw and planer, I quickly realized how quickly sawdust and shavings can pile up. So my question is, what do you guys do to dispose of all of your... Actually said... Oh, yeah. He does say that. right. I was going to make fun of him. Dang it. And now <laughs> I, I look like the idiot. I hate when that happens. <laughs> Being a jerk again, Mark. Uh, I know. Where's the money? Um, all your saw <laughs> <laughs> dispose of all your sawdust that you collect. Thanks, Paul. Now I picked this the one. Video. I need to find this video and embed it. Yeah, I picked this yes. one because the timing is just perfect. This morning, Monday morning, I go to start up the. Speaking of planers and jointers, I had to do some milling for these jewelry boxes, and I fired everything up, took a look over at the dust collector, and I'm like dang it, it's been a while and I haven't checked on it. So it's like halfway up the tube into the cyclone and <laughs> there's no way I can actually, you know, play in anything with that. So the first thing Monday morning, I have to go and empty the, the dust collection bin. I hate that. Hate it. So I just set up my uh, phone and took a quick video showing <laughs> my, uh, you know, not as masculine as it could be, uh, dump and run <laughs> methodology with a little scream at the end. Um, so check it out. Uh, but I did put it on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And if, I guess if we could find some kind of way to embed that, um, Shannon, we, we can do that in the show notes if you're interested, <laughs> but to answer your question, Paul, what I do is not necessarily either the right thing to do or the best thing to do, but it's what I do because I, 
I have to and I'm a little bit lazy. So I just pick the can up and I throw it into my garbage. Now we don't have like a green bin here. So folks who are like, oh, put it in, you know, where you would normally put your tree waste or, or lawn waste. We don't have something like that. So the only one it can go in is, is in our black bin. By rights, I should be bagging it and I don't because I haven't gotten yelled at yet. So as soon as I get yelled at, I will, I will begin bagging it. But until You'll then, I move first. I will most likely move before I am uh, scolded for that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, and I'll, you know, I might have to do something different where I go from here, but uh, at least here in Arizona, there's a black can, and that's where it goes. And that works for me. Now, a lot of people are asking about compost and putting it in gardens and using it for pet bed material, giving it to your neighbors. There's a lot of things you can do with it. And if you're making one can's worth in a month, okay. That seems like a reasonable thing to do. But if you're like I am producing, uh, in, in some cases in the middle of a project, you're doing two or three of these potentially in a week, you know, people don't need that much sawdust, right? So, <laughs> you know, and the other thing you have to think about is what type of wood you have in there, because a lot of times these things could kill the garden that you're putting them into, or they could, uh, they can actually do something bad to the animals that you might be putting this into their bedding. You have to be very careful about these things. So before you go, you know, like the, the dust fairy giving it around to people, um, thinking you're doing something good, you know, consider, <laughs> consider what kind of stuff you actually have in that dust that could potentially be hazardous, uh, depending on the species you use. But there are other things certainly that you can do with that wood. I just don't because I'm a bad person and I'm only interested in money. Well, you know, <laughs> I've heard people say this, like put it out with like your, your lawn clippings or whatever. I've done that and they specifically like send it back. Like I'll see the guy like pick up the bag and he like, you know, palpates it or whatever. And, and then he puts it back down and drives off. Like okay. they won't take it. Yeah. Now, if it's like lawn and leaf or whatever, they'll take it. One time I saw the guy actually open the bag mm-hmm. and he's like, no, nah, we're going to take that and put it, put it back. So I have never heard, and it could just be my local uh, municipality, but they will not take that <laughs> at all. So it just goes out with the trash, Yeah, hmm. which, you know, I guess it's not the end of the world. It's wood dust, right? It's biodegradable. So <laughs> That. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. Like, it's got to be a very locally dependent, um, you know, type of thing. Because I know here they don't they don't want us to do this. Because what happens is the big truck comes by. Like there's no person who has to handle this. Um, the guy who handles this is in an air conditioned truck cruising down the road. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. so the yeah. big arm comes down, lifts it up, throws it in the back of the truck. And then for two or three blocks, there's a dust cloud falling, <laughs> a plume of dust, uh, coming out of this truck, which, you know what? It's not great. That's not, that's not a great thing to do, <laughs> but it's well, what you happens. You bet yourself outside. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm just like, like, same thing. Just in a truck now. It is. It is. Getting vented. And it, but it it's even worse. Wall. It's even worse because it's out front. It's big dust particles, so everybody can see it. And, and even the guy in the truck, he's not stupid. He knows what's going on. But, but I, haven't, I haven't gotten yelled at. So, uh, you know, it's, it's not wrong until somebody tells me it's wrong, right? Well, just to set the record straight, I put mine in a bag and tie it up. Yeah, because you, you, you don't make like, you don't use it. Well, you do have a power planter. How much do you make? You got to make a decent I, amount of dust, right? Yeah, but I don't use the power planer probably as much. I I know I don't use it as much as you do. Yeah. But, okay. And when the when the bag gets full, I specifically don't use the power planer. <laughs> right. For, <laughs> for months on end. Nope, that's still full. Guess I'll pull, pull out yeah, my planes. There's there's no little elves that come by and empty it. I keep waiting for that. I need that feature in my shop. But yeah, yeah, I will go out of my way when the thing is full to not create 
dollars. Amazing for Amazing. the collector. It really you is know, like I can't sweep it up. It's not happening. It's got to be everybody's least favorite part of the process. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. Well, one of that bag. Yeah. Anyways. All right. Well, that's. Uh, I think that answers this question. Um, Matt, what's going on? I will, I'll answer this uh, next email here. I think this is what's going on. All right, why don't you? Says, good morning, guys. Good afternoon, Rick. Good evening, my, practically. Oh, it is evening here. Oh, mm-hmm. never mind. My question is regarding wood movement in raised panel doors. I was making raised panel doors for a cabinet. The wood will be well. The wood, wow. The wood will be mahogany. As I live in Southern California, and the cabinet will be indoors. The temperature range in the house will be from 40 to 90, and the humidity is pretty much 50% year-round. How much of a gap should I leave between the center raised panel and the bottom of the groove in the styles and rails? I was thinking this should be a percent of the width of the raised panel. The house range from 40 to 90? How cold is That's it? That's a heck of a range. <laughs> well, but he didn't mention there's no walls, so. <laughs> it's, a, it's actually a lean-to. <laughs> wow. Uh so, <laughs> in like a one foot wide panel, a 12 inch wide panel, uh, rails and styles, I would leave like a 16th on both sides of the panel to give it room to expand and contract. And then on the top and bottom, it's not as important because it's not going to grow and shrink in that direction. I'd leave maybe like a 16th just to give some room there to go back and forth in case you need to put your, your tenons, if you're doing more than 10 and closer together towards the center or whatever, so it doesn't end up bottoming out on the panel. Now, that ends up being, I did the math, and it ends up being about 1% of the total panel width. So if you're looking for percent, I do 1%. I don't know about you guys, but 1% seems to be pretty pretty good for me. That's too much math. Not that hard. It's like there's 96 eighths in a foot, and I do 1 eighth total, so that's 196 about 1%, 1.0 whatever percent. See, the way I do this is I would just do 1 eighth total no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like that's usually going to be enough for any situation, even if there's a wider swing of humidity than what he's describing. And if, if there's not, it doesn't really hurt anything as long as you size it in your groove well enough so that the panel just isn't flopping all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like I, to me, just anytime I make a raised panel, unless we're talking about an extreme situation, I would just do one eighth and call it done. There's no math involved. That's what I do. But yeah. he says yeah. he wants a percent. Like, give him percent. <laughs> Don't worry about percentages. Just leave well, it, Rick, leave it there, there is an app for that. It's called the Woodshop Widget. Yep. <laughs> and if you download that, there is a wood movement thing in there that allows you to dial in the specific species. You can enter your temperature and humidity ranges, and it will tell you to whether you set it up to give you a decimal answer or a fractional answer. It will give you the total movement. And just in this remember, case, though, I'm sorry, go ahead. Just remember that total movement really needs to be divided by two. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's the thing. If it says, well, it's going to move a quarter inch, don't leave a quarter inch gap, <laughs> leave an eighth inch gap because it moves in both directions. Yeah. It's expanding equally in both directions. Don't ask me how I learned that, that rule. <laughs> but I'm guessing say uh, I learned it the hard way. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing though, with this situation, 50%, his starting and his ending humidity will be the same. I don't know if that calculator is going to spit out anything but a zero. Yeah, it's going to give you a negligible answer. Yeah, it's going to be very, very small with, with no major change in humidity. Because remember, it's not so much about the temperature, it's more about the humidity. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Jeff wrote us, and he said, uh, I recently made a gate for my parents' deck so that my nephew and all our dogs don't fall down the stairs when we're cooking. That's a noble goal, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Good job. <laughs> Naturally, I used pressure-treated lumber. 
Um, he did say deck, right? Yeah, so it's outside. Um, are there any issues with using your planes and tools on pressure-treated lumber like corrosion, etc.? I'm pretty diligent about always blowing off my tools with the compressed air and wiping them with minerals, mineral oil-soaked rag when I'm done woodworking. But anything else I should know about working with PT lumber? I do wear gloves and a dust mask when working with it. All right. Good for you. Um, Jeff, there is a, there, there, so much of pressure-treated lumber doesn't really apply anymore. And before people get up in arms about this, um, the, the chemical formulation for pressure-treated material has been changed dramatically so that it's not nearly as toxic as it used to be. It doesn't have the same levels of arsenic and things in it before that you know you will die if you inhale the dust and things like that. That being said, it will give you a stuffy nose and possibly could give you a rash. So yes, wear a dust mask, but you really should be wearing a dust mask when you're sawing stuff like that anyway. Um, and wear gloves, long sleeves, as long as they're not going to get in the way of any you know other safety issues there. Um, if you you know have experienced any irritation or whatever from the material, then obviously you'd need to wear long sleeves. If not, you might be okay. Just make sure you don't walk around covered in this stuff. But I think you'll be surprised that the majority of the pressure-treated lumber you're buying today is not nearly as malignant as it used to be. Um, and and this is a this is a fairly recent thing. But when you look at um, you know all the the uh, the movement towards sustainable materials and FSC certified materials and things like that, at the same time, we've had this kind of push towards better construction methods and better pressure treated methods, uh, reduction in formaldehyde and plywood, all that stuff that goes into these things. Plus, if you live in California and you have to meet CARB2 regulations, air um, regulations, then you're having even more benign material coming out of your pressure treated lumber. So the biggest thing that I worry about with pressure treated lumber is not the dust, but the fact that it's usually sopping wet. Um, so you're going to have issues with rust and checking and uh, um, um, uh, movement on this material because of the fact that the moisture content is really, really high on this stuff. So you want to make sure you're wiping down your planes and getting all that dust out of there because not only is it dust and wood is hydroscopic, meaning it's going to absorb moisture, but it's already wet. And it will cause your planes and your saws and things like that to rust very, 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 very quickly. So, yes, I do. I don't think health wise you need to worry too much more than wear gloves and a dust mask um, and then just clean your tools off after you're done um, because more the moisture than any particular chemical issue. Mm hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Not to say you can't find the bad pressure treated stuff, but if you're buying from like a current yard, like a Home Depot or a Lowe's, that stuff has been changed out years ago. Yeah. Um, so it's the, it's nicer, the warmer, friendlier, kinder, gentler <laughs> pressure treated lumber. That's my favorite kind. Yeah. The kinder, gentler pressure. treated. That's the good stuff. Well, cool. Sounds good. All right. Well, if you want to support the show, you can. Now we have a bunch of different ways. We still have the PayPal donation. So if you want to set up a recurring or one-time donation, they're using PayPal. You could still do that over at the Wood Talk show website, but you can also support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash woodtalk. You could pick up a Wood Talk t-shirt at twwstore.com, or you could leave us a review in iTunes. Uh, just look us up and click on ratings and reviews. We got one here from the boy who draws cats. He says, lots of fun. <laughs> I don't name them. I just read them. Uh, I really enjoy the show. It's nice. huh? As a woodworking newbie, there are always great tips and new ideas. Plus love the interaction between Mark, Matt and Shannon. Well, thanks so much for that boy who draws cats. We appreciate it. 
And um, let's see. Yeah, that's about it. So, Shannon, how about you give them the contact info? And right after that, I'm going to start reading all the people from Patreon who we need to thank. <laughs> and we will all do we do this entire thing to this. Uh, let's see. I've got the real big fish here with uh, one of my favorite songs, Sellout. Is what they want you to hear. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I think it's important for you to sing out the names. Kind of like at the end of that show, Whose Line Is It Anywhere, yes. where you have to like act out the credits. You can do that too. Do that. Anyway, if you have comments, questions, or topic suggestions about why Mark and Matt have sold out and Shannon has it yet, there are several uh, different ways to contact us. Because he can't. Go ahead, sorry. Because he can't. <laughs> <laughs> you can leave a voicemail on Skype. Our username is Wood Talk Online. Our voicemail line is 623-242-5180. You can use our fancy contact form at woodtalkshow.com slash contact or leave us a comment on our website at woodtalkshow.com. And don't forget, Mark said it many times, this show is made possible through the generous support of our listeners. That's you, mm-hmm. you Patreon people. We love you so much. Visit us at patreon.com slash woodtalk. And get your name read like Mark's going to do right now. Oh, this is going to be tricky. There's 50 of them. Ready? Here we go. John McGrath, William Vasich, Joshua Luther, Cliff Chambers, Aaron Olson, Eric Burke, Paul Kinneberg, Dave Knopfs, uh, Brian Comerford, Joseph Mensch, Matt Cummel, Morgan Kiley, Michael Pickens, Matt S., Jeffrey Kibler, Brady, St. Nixter, Elijah Taylor, Robert Bakey, Michael Olkin, Aaron Cashin, Cody Green, Scott Griffith, Tareth, Ki- Terrence Killian, Dan Stark, Ed Earl, Jack CZ, Sandflee, Matt Green, Sam Blanchard, Chris Levno, Peter Perello, Nick Carruthers, George Crystal, Dan Fuller, Bryce Royal, Don Craigle. Oh, geez. Ar- Arkadius Kwiatkowski, Terry Cook, Rachel, Marvin Jones, Robert Hoffman, Jim Ashley, Jim Norell, David Trump, Sean Nichols, Steve Ayadarola, Owen Carroll, Chester, and Chris Allen. Thank you so much, people. And we will not have to do that again because I'm sure we won't get another 50 by the next show. Uh, I don't know. You never know. know. Maybe that should be a challenge. It could Mark be. But do something even more special if we get another 50. Yeah, and please, if you can, I mean, you're helping us get to these goals that mean more content for you guys. So uh, we really look forward to getting to some of those things because it's very exciting. And we really appreciate it. I was really excited to hear that Taryn Killen from Saturday Night Live supported us, but then you corrected and said Terrence. Yes. <laughs> that was my bad. That would have been cool. I would have been honored. It would have been uh, nice to know that someone from SNL listens to us, but uh, no chance. All right, well, thanks I for listening. most of their sketch ideas from us. That's true. That is true. All right, well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next time. See ya. See ya. May as well just let the song end, right, since we're uh, infringing copyright at this point. Yeah, <laughs> why not? I'll it's wait. Not- Oh my life.